0: Thank you for just worshiping the Lord. The reason why we take time for those moments in His presence is because there is nothing else that can satisfy. Sometimes we get so many distractions in our life. Our soul can't be heard, but if our soul could be heard... It would be saying that. Lead me to Jesus. Only He can satisfy the longing inside. Amen. I'm glad that He has led us by His grace to the way that satisfies. Amen. Isaiah 35 is where we're going to begin today. Read a couple of verses. Isaiah 35 and verse... Number eight, it's good to have everyone in the house of the Lord today. It's good to have Sister Carmen with us, a friend of ours. Amen. It's up front here. And of course, Sister Twyla, but she's kind of to the point of not being a visitor. She's just with us when she can be. Amen. And it's good to have Andy and Angie back with us. It's good to have them. Amen. Of course, as mentioned earlier, Nancy and uh, is it Maria, Marie, Marie, her niece? Is that correct? All right. And next week we'll we'll get to hear Sister Nancy's testimony and how God literally brought her back from the dead. And it's going to be awesome. And this is one of those cool instances where we have a lot of medical. Proof, indisputable. Amen. It's awesome, and uh, we don't see that every day. But we definitely want to celebrate it because it's a modern day miracle. Amen. Isaiah chapter thirty-five and verse number eight. Uh, if you want to stand just for the reading of these first couple verses, after this we'll turn to John fourteen. In verse 6, Isaiah 35 and verse 8 says, And a highway shall be there and a way, and it shall be called, what? The way, right? The way. Singular. It shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. I'm thankful that God is the one who makes us clean. We're all unclean without Jesus Christ. He's the one who cleans us so we can walk in that way. but it shall be for those the wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err therein. There is a way. In John 14 and 6, a verse we're probably a little bit more familiar with, John 14:6 says, "Jesus saith unto him, "I am what? The way." The way the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The way, the truth, the life, the Father. There's really only one way. And we'll talk about that maybe uh, if the Lord leads a little more in the next couple weeks as well, but today at least we're going to talk about it uh, because our... Society. We'll pray and be seated in just a moment. But our society is removing absolutes. And so for something to be the way, that's exclusive. And people don't want that. So before we say anything today, I do want to say while it is exclusive, as we will talk about, it is inclusive as well. Whosoever will. It's available to everyone. So it's exclusive in that it is the only way, but it's inclusive that anybody can come into the way. The difference is whether we choose to do it his way, right? There is one way and it's his way. And that's the way that we need to walk in. There's one way and Jesus is that way. Amen. We're going to pray, ask the Lord to help us. Again, the Lord is not willing that any would perish, so don't take anything I say out of context today or anything I say as a desire for anybody to be lost because it's the exact opposite. We declare truth not to exclude, we declare truth to include, to tell people this is how you do it so you can be saved. Amen? Lord Jesus, we're thankful for this time in your presence today. We're thankful for the the love that we've already felt as we have worshipped you, as we have turned towards you. And in the next few moments, help us to discipline our minds, to focus on you just a little bit longer today. And as we do, we ask for revelation to come and to fill our hearts and minds because it is you that lifts the scales from our eyes. It is you that shows us the way, the truth, and the life. It is your spirit that leads and guides us into all truth. So I just pray today as I do my best to minister your word, that you will lead and guide us into all truth. You will show us the way unto life everlasting because we all desire to make heaven our home. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here today. So Lord, help us to make it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated and tell someone next to you you're glad they are here today. And hopefully you mean it. Especially if it's your spouse. Hopefully you're happy to be with your family. (laughs) There is one way. It's become so diluted that I know it's a facetious thing and people weren't really too serious about it. But now we're even saying all dogs go to heaven. And again, my heart is not that any would perish because of the love of God in me, not because I'm so special, but because He is teaching me to be that way and to have that heart. But saying that, there is one way. There is only one way. So we don't want to miss it, right? We want to make it. All roads don't lead to the same destination in real life. Right? (laughs) Acts 9 and 1 through 2. Acts 9 and 1 through 2. Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, he was looking for people that were in a specific way. Right? If there be found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. They were looking for any of this way, and this way being followers of Jesus Christ. In Acts 24 and verse 14, Brother Tyler will keep us going from the back there. But this I confess unto thee, that after the way... Which they call heresy. So worship I the God of my fathers. Believing all things which are written in the law and in prophets. Some will call this way heresy. Some will not acknowledge it as the truth. But we should follow the way that is built upon the law and the prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief what? Cornerstone. I'm going to ask questions periodically to keep you awake today. Although it's not as hot as it has been, thank you, Jesus. Amen? Amen. Romans 1 in verse 16. Romans 1, 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth To the Jew first and also to the Greek. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. So again, the only way that we can be saved is if we believe and we follow the gospel. We obey the gospel. The gospel is not the gospel if we take away from it or we add to it. Again, we like to modify everything today. We like to make it to our needs. They have vehicles where the driver's side and the passenger side can be set to specific people. You get in and you press a button, and the seat goes right back to where you had it previously. That's pretty cool. You have temperature on the right side of the car and temperature on the left, which was one of the smartest inventions ever by a man who probably was married to a woman or a woman who was married to a man one or the other because rarely ever are we the same temperature (laughs) but we are used to getting it our way Burger King tells us that right even though we don't go to Burger King that often anymore they're not doing as good as they used to for some reason but they tell you have it your way Galatians 1.8 tells us, Galatians 1.8 says, But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which was preached unto you, let him be accursed. That's some pretty strong language. Well, an angel came to me in my dreams and told me this is the gospel. Well, does that gospel line up with what the apostles preached because it doesn't matter if it's an angel or not it doesn't matter if it was the smartest person in the world if an angel from heaven or any other person preaches any other gospel than what was preached by the apostles paul says let him be accursed Jesus would be angered by some of the gospel messages being preached today. Mainly because they don't line up with the actual gospel. How would you like somebody messing with something you died for? I get mad if someone messes with something I paid five bucks for. He died for it. He gave everything for it. And not only did he give everything for it, but he made it the best way possible. And so not only are we messing with his stuff, but if we are teaching other people the wrong thing, we're messing with them too. We're robbing them of all that God has for them. And the gospel it is preached outside of Christianity too, just so you know. Just do this and be saved. Do this and be happy. Do this and have peace. Those are all answers the gospel is supposed to answer. But people are saying all kinds of different things. Provide those today. But only the gospel really provides those things in our life. There's a popular saying that again... I'm not saying it in itself is extremely horrible, but it can lead to wrong thinking. Accept the Lord as your personal Savior is not a phrase in the Bible. The issue is less that we accept God and more that He accepts us. Ephesians 1 and 6. Again, I I can already feel a little resistance because I'm messing with some sacred sacred things. I'm not saying if you said, I accept the Lord as my personal Savior, you did a bad thing. But I'm saying, consider this. Ephesians one six says, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. He makes me acceptable in the Beloved. Again, it seems, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to be too critical at all. I'm just trying to say, think about it. Because there's this constant attempt of the enemy to pervert the gospel. And when we make Jesus to where he has to be acceptable to us, we remove distinction and we say, whatever I think Jesus should be, he should be. But instead,. He needs to, I need to come to in and say, Lord, you are king of the universe. And I want to be acceptable to you. Change me. You don't change to make me happy. I change to make you happy. Does that make sense? Again, I'm just trying to get you to think today. I'm not trying to be critical of anyone. I'm just trying to get us to think. Because these things, especially in the region we live in in North America the Northwest it's just the bumper stickers are everywhere coexist you be what you want to be I'll be what I want to be we'll all get along maybe even hold hands and sing a song and then we all go to heaven that's not reality that feels good in the moment but it's not reality There is one salvation message. No one can come unto the Father except by Jesus Christ. And we must come to Jesus Christ as He has told us to come to Him. It's not about one denomination being right and another one being wrong. It's about the Bible's right and anybody else's wrong. I'll say that again. It's not about one denomination being right, another denomination being wrong. It's the Bible is right and anybody else is wrong. There's an old song that you sing The Bible is right and somebody's wrong. The Bible is always right. And again, it's about attitude, attitude determines altitude attitude determines where we go. And again, I'm just, I'm talking this, get us to think a little bit today, but if you show up to work with a bad attitude, you think you're going to get promoted when a promotion comes up? No. That's just in the natural. Right. I got to be here again. Where's my apron? Every day you come there and they ask you to do something. Okay. I guess because I have to or else you're going to fire me. I'll do it. How far is that attitude going to get you? Or if every approach to relationship is, what have you done for me lately? And if you aren't satisfying me, there's no way I'm going to do anything to please you. All these things creep into how we approach Jesus Christ. In marriages, where our society tells us through explicit and sometimes implicit messages, if they're not satisfying you, find somebody else. Move on to somebody else who's going to make you happy. The problem is you're taking the same person into the next relationship and that's you. One half of the equation is moving on. And so sometimes people are going from this person to, person to that person to that person to that person and they just can't figure out how come nobody can satisfy me? It might have something to do with it. Might is saying it nicely. So when we come to Jesus, we should say, not Jesus, what can you do for me? But what can I do for you? Not Jesus, if if you were just do this, I will serve you. Jesus, if if you'll save these people, I will live for you. If you will change this part, I will follow you. But when Jesus got his disciples, he said, Take up your cross and follow me. In other words, not putting something on a necklace and walking around with it but dying to all of your dreams and desires that are not like his and following him wholeheartedly because at the end my opinion doesn't really matter truth is truth no matter what the gospel has three components that work together John 5, 6 through 8. I'm going to read some verses. John 5 and 6 through 8. This is he that came by water and blood. And even Jesus Christ. Not by water only. But by water and blood. And it is the spirit that beareth witness. Because the spirit is truth. Again it's. If we're wondering what truth is because we live in a confusing day, if I scroll through Facebook very long, I'm confused. Maybe I'm just simple. Maybe I've got a brain problem. But I'm confused after just a few minutes of scrolling through Facebook. If you want to know the truth, consult the Spirit. Not a spirit, the spirit. The only living God. The Bible says that God is a spirit and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The spirit is truth. So when I'm confused and I don't know what to do and I want to make sure I'm saved, I don't need to go ask everybody in Facebook poll question, what do I do to be saved? A, B, C please answer quickly, I may die please let me know in the next 24 hours, I want to make sure I go to heaven the word of God, with the help of the spirit of God will show us truth for there's three that bear record in heaven, the father the word, and the holy ghost And these three are one. And these, or excuse me, there are three that bear witness on earth. The Spirit, and the water, and the blood. These three agree in one. So there's the Spirit, the water, and the blood that agree in heaven. And in earth, there's those three elements of the water, the Spirit, and the blood. These are elements that have to agree for us to be saved. And because they're one, you can't have one part without the other two and think you're saved. You have to have all three because they're not really three separate things, they're all the same thing in three different ways. Does that make sense? This goes all the way back to Egypt. I've only been talking just a few minutes in case you think I've been going for a long time. I am watching the clock. Remember in the Israelites were brought out of Egypt. How did they get brought out? Number one, the last plague that Pharaoh finally said, get out of my face. Do whatever you need to do. I'll even give you stuff. Just leave. Was because of the death of the firstborn. The Passover. And when the death angel came, if there was blood on the doorpost of the house, the death angel just kept on flying. And the firstborn in that house was saved. But if that death angel came to a house, there was no blood on the doorpost. The death angel went inside, and the firstborn ceased to live from that point forward. Now, that sounds real mean and rude and exclusive. But that's God's prerogative. He's God. And before we get mad at God for doing that, why don't we get mad at the moron that didn't just put the blood on his post? I know that's a strong word. But if anybody could ever be called a moron, it'd be someone who was told, do this to save your firstborn, and then they don't do it. And then they wake up and they blame God. If you would have just obeyed. God wanted to save you. He led them next to the Red Sea. The water He parted the water, and when they passed through, their enemy came after them, he drowned the enemy behind them, so that their enemy was drowned in the water, never to bother them again. You have the blood, then you had the water, and then you had the pillar of cloud, uh, a pillar of, of fire, and a cloud by day, pillar of fire by night, which represented the spirit leading them through the wilderness. There was the blood, the water and the Spirit. They delivered them from Egypt. They brought them out of bondage and slavery, which is a type of sin. So when the Lord is going to bring us out like He brought them out, it's going to be the blood, the water, and the Spirit. Because these three agree in one. These three bring us out. These three things save us. And when it came to the tabernacle... There was the brazen altar where the blood was shed. The animal was brought, the bloody animal was brought and burned as a sacrifice. The brazen laver where they came and they washed before they entered in the water, the blood and the water. And the Ark of the Covenant was the Spirit of God. So even in the tabernacle you had, when you entered in, you had the blood, then the water, into the Holy of Holies, the Spirit. The three elements again and again. And Jesus Christ. He died. His blood was shed. He was buried. Which represents baptism. We are buried with him in baptism. Water. And he rose again. The spirit of God came back into the man Christ Jesus. And raised him to life again. Blood. Water. Spirit. You see a theme here. Blood. Water. Spirit. Blood, water, spirit. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. We're just getting to some bedrock foundational issues today. And I've had people in the past sometimes tell me that we preach too much about Acts 2.38. And I would just say, how many times can you say something before it's too much when you're preaching the gospel? Isn't that our job? To preach the gospel? And really, I just say this. I love you. But the people that get tired of hearing it are the ones who are not doing it. If they would just do it, they would love it like us. Acts 2.38. Peter said to them, Repent. Again, that's the blood. That's identifying with the cross. That's not easy. That's me dying to what I desire in favor of his desires, which are better, anyways. He knows better than I do. I know that's a revelation. I was being facetious. But he knows better than we do. So when we forsake our own way, that's wise. It's hard, but it's right. It's wise to repent, to die to ourself. And, and Paul said, I have to do that every day. I have to die to myself every day. And be baptized, every one of you. What is that? That's the water. And the blood, and then we have the water again. Be baptized, every one in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. And again, baptism is like them going through the Red Sea. You go down in the water, and when you come up, all of your past enemies are drowned in the water. All the things you've done wrong, they're gone. Drowned in the water through the power of Jesus Christ. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. There's the Spirit. Because the Holy Ghost is the same thing as the holy what spirit the holy ghost and the holy spirit are the same thing and god is a spirit god is holy so the holy spirit is god it's just a different way he relates to us so the bible calls it something different the holy spirit it's not a different spirit it's the spirit of the one true god the holy spirit water Blood, water, spirit. Blood, water, spirit. So we're just talking just for a few more minutes. Not very long, but just a little bit more about repentance today. The next week we'll get more to Holy Ghost and baptism. But it all starts with repentance. And most people will agree that's where it starts. Repentance. But we've, we've unfortunately change the definition of repentance as just saying some words. Repentance, number one, as we we need to understand, is not penance. Repentance is not penance, which is doing acts of devotion required by a priest to receive absolution from sin doing something for a priest is a tradition but repentance is coming to the only one that can really forgive you and surrendering to him submitting to him and you might say the same words as someone else and you might be sincere and your repentance sincere but it's not the words that are coming out of your mouth it's the heart behind the words It's a submission to him. It's more than just feeling sorry. It's confessing it to him and trusting him to take care of it. Isaiah 64 6. Isaiah 64 6. But we are all as an unclean thing. That's a real encouraging phrase.
1: All our righteousness
0: are as filthy rags. Man, I can't earn it myself. And we all do fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. We're all unclean. But He cleanses us. Our own efforts, I'm not not advocating our efforts alone today because they're, they're just filthy rags. But submission and obedience to Him Repentance is essential for salvation. God wants to save us, but it requires us to respond to His Word. Just like in Egypt. The ones who responded in obedience were saved. Those who did not, were not. Luke 13.3 Luke 13.3 I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Perish. This is not a popular message. It's probably not something you put on Facebook for everyone to read. But it's true. Except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. That's why the apostles got killed. Because they spoke the truth no matter what people thought. That's why John's head was delivered on a platter. I'm not making that up. That's literally what happened. John's head on a platter delivered. Because he preached repentance. And he didn't mix words with anybody. Except we repent, we shall all likewise perish. The opposite is true. If we repent, we will be saved. The opposite is true. If we will find a place of repentance, we will be saved. Doesn't matter how wicked we have been. Doesn't matter what we've done. Doesn't matter who our parents were. Our pedigree has nothing to do with the way we often categorize ourselves. It has to do with, do we repent? Repentance is powerful and it produces change in our lives. All of us who have repented at one time have noticed a change afterwards. That God began to respond to our repentance and He began to change us from the inside out. Repentance is surrendering again to God and saying, I can't do it, but you can. And I know this message is kind of heavy and it makes us really think and and it seems almost like it's negative, but it's not because if we'll just learn to submit and to trust, he gives us abundant life. He gives us abundant life. And again, if, if we just say we're sorry, but our life doesn't change, I have to be the bearer of bad news, you didn't really repent. I'm not saying you have the power to change, but if you truly repent, grace will give you the power to change. And it doesn't mean you'll never sin again. It just means when you do, you'll come back to Him again. And say, I did it again, Lord. I messed up. Give me the power to overcome. It means really, I'm not going to make an excuse, but I'm going to be humble enough to admit I was wrong. I'm going to trust Him to cleanse me. To purify me. The the Hebrew verb, which means turning away from a previous life, occurs over 1,000 times in the Old Testament. Turn away from our previous life. Over 1,000 times. Turn away. The root of this word means destroy the house. Destroy the house. Unfortunately, on the way to church today, I saw a house that's been destroyed by fire. They're either going to build a new house or they're going to move somewhere else. That old house is done. And that's what repentance means. I'm not going back to that house anymore. I'm done with that life by the grace of God. He is going to help me to move forward. It's more than feeling sorry, it's destroying the house. Second Corinthians chapter 7 we're getting close to a conclusion here. 2 Corinthians 7. Again, I'm only telling you these things because I love you today. Would you appreciate a doctor who lied to you? Your body was filled with sickness and you went to the doctor and they didn't want to make you feel bad, so they said, you know what? Everything looks great. Go your way. Be merry. You want somebody going to tell you what's going on. So today, I'm only telling you the Word of God because I want us to make heaven our home. 2 Corinthians 7, 9 says, Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, But that ye sorrowed to repentance. So I'm not excited just because you felt bad. But I rejoice because you sorrowed to the point of turning away. For ye were made sorry after a godly manner, that ye might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow works repentance to salvation. Not to be repented of. You're not ever going to regret that kind of repentance. But the sorrow of the world worketh death. For behold, the selfsame thing that ye sorrowed after a godly sort, what carefulness it wrought in you. Yea, what clearing of yourselves. What indignation, yea, what fear. Yea, what vehement desire. Yea, what zeal. Yea, what revenge. In all these things, you have approved yourselves to be clear in this matter. Because a godly sorrow came on you and showed you what was wrong in your life, you passionately pursued doing the right thing. That's repentance. Repentance. We've defined repentance by what we feel. But repentance has nothing to do with what we feel. Just like sometimes we truly repent, but the enemy heats condemnation on us and we don't feel like we were forgiven. That's wrong too. If you have confessed and you have trusted him to forgive it, the Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive it and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So quit allowing your feelings to let you think you're forgiven or not. It's not about what you feel. It's about what the word says. And if I obey his word, I know that he upholds his end of the bargain. Repentance means goodbye to the old life that is not pleasing to him. When I repent, I'm applying the death of Christ to my life, making it effective in me. I'm destroying the old kingdom of sin in my life. The final scriptures we're going to read is Romans chapter 6, verse 6 through 7. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. Again, repentance, if it was some easy thing, It would not be compared to crucifixion. Crucifixion was not a vacation. I've been working so hard, I deserve to be crucified to feel better about myself. Nobody says that if they're sane. I allow myself to be crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed that henceforth we should not serve sin for he that is dead is freed from sin. And he says elsewhere, it's no longer the I that live, but Christ lives in me. So when I quit doing my stuff, Jesus starts doing his stuff. And instead of being selfish and hard to get along with, and rude and arrogant and prideful, the grace of God allows me to be humble and caring and compassionate, willing to serve others, willing to do whatever is necessary to help others make heaven their home. And again, as we close today, repentance isn't saying, "I'll never do anything fun again. I'm just going to be a boring Christian. Christians can't do anything. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we quit doing the things that are sinful that are going to destroy us and they're going to destroy those that we love so dearly. Sin separates. Sin destroys. The thief comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. So when we are turning from sin, we're turning unto the one who came that we might have life and might have it more abundantly. So if we could stand today. Again, I know and I sense that there is some serious nature about this message. There should be. And it's not always comfortable to talk about these things. And we feel conviction when we talk about these things. But if we will allow the grace of God to operate in our lives. That momentary conviction turns to eternal joy. When we're willing to submit ourselves to God, even when it doesn't feel good in the moment, it reaps eternal rewards. Moses understood this. He chose rather to suffer affliction with the children of God than enjoy the pleasure of sin for how long? For a season. The things of this life that we give up for Jesus, some of them bring pleasure, but it's only for a season. So it's hard to give it up because we know it's going to give us treasure in this life sometimes. But that treasure is going to fade. So I'm asking you to trade something that might give you some joy for a little while to something that will give you joy for eternity. For eternity. I'll leave you with an illustration before we pray today just to consider a word picture there were these trappers that figured out how to catch these certain monkeys in the jungle and the way they would catch these monkeys is they put something inside of a small cage that the monkey desired I don't remember exactly what it was they had this small cage sitting there and the monkey would put his hand in because there's enough room for the monkey to put their hand in But when they grabbed a hold of the object, this is a good object for us to identify that we would not let go. (laughs) And that monkey would grab a hold of it and all of a sudden it couldn't pull his hand out. Now it can't fit. And it would sit there until the trapper came and took the monkey because it would not let go. At any time it could have went, I'm free. But, oh no, I, I can't let this go. This, I really want this and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be really good for me. But that monkey never got to enjoy this. That monkey was someone's meal. All the monkey had to do was let go and walk away. So I just ask you today, what are you holding on to that Jesus is saying, just let go? Because if you keep holding it, the destroyer is going to destroy you. The enemy is going to come and he's going to take your life. And I'm not trying to give him credit or glory today. That's just reality. You let it go. You walk away. You're free. You're free. You don't have to let go of anything, everything. The monkey still enjoys the jungle. Yay! Swinging from the trees. Ooh! There's a lot of life to enjoy out there that Jesus will let you enjoy. But you're going to have to let go of some stuff. And it's the bad stuff. But sometimes it seems so good. So as Janine prays, we're just, as she plays, we're just going to take a couple moments with the Lord. And again, it's not about you repeating words, but it's about you just saying, Lord, is there something in my life something I'm just I'm holding on to and it seems so good it looks so good it looks so right is there something I need to let go to be saved is there something I'm holding on to that's ultimately going to lead to my death because when sin is accomplished the Bible says it brings forth death But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So Lord, let me just let go whatever it is you're wanting me to let go of. Show me what it is in my life I need to let go of so that I can be saved. So I can be free. Free to run. Free to dance. Free to enjoy my family. Free to enjoy this creation you've given us. It's so beautiful, so marvelous. Free to have joy in the morning as I wake up and I face the day knowing that I have peace with you and everything is okay. And if if I die that day, it's okay because I'm going to be with you in glory. And I don't have to fear man and I don't have to fear what's going on in the news. and I don't have to fear any of that stuff because I know that I'm right with you. I know that I'm right with you, Jesus. Help me be right with you today. Amen. If you'll just begin to talk to Him in that way, you might have something that comes to mind that you need to let go of. And I just encourage you today, just let go of it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Nothing is worth losing our soul. If we gain the whole world, but we lose our soul, we have gained nothing. that's one reason we raise our hands because we're raising our hands to say I surrender all Jesus I lift up empty hands because I don't want to hold on to anything that keeps me from being close to you I don't want to hold on to anything that would destroy my life I don't want to hold on to anything that would destroy my family I don't want to hold on to any pleasure that would destroy Any person in this world. But I want these hands to be hands of love. I want these hands to be hands of forgiveness and healing and virtue. And the only way my hands become hands of virtue. Is when they become hands like the hands of Christ. And they have some nail prints in them. I want my hands to have nail scars that prove. I am crucified with Christ. And yet I live. It's no longer I that live but Christ who lives within me Jesus I must decrease but you must increase Amen let's just take a couple more moments it's worth every moment in his presence today it's worth every moment to search your soul a spiritual MRI to just Lord shine your light in me show me if anything is not supposed to be there show me anything that needs to be removed and taken away so that I can be closer to you so that I could be saved. So I could be whole. So I could be whole. And then you read stories where people are in the presence of God. And they, they fall under conviction. And they begin to cry out to God. They begin to talk to God. And make sure that they're right with Him. That's my desire today. That we would be right with Him. That we swallow our pride. We would swallow all of our self-righteousness and we would humble ourselves and say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. No matter how long I've been following you or how long I haven't been following you, I need you. I need you. There's been some things creeping up in my heart that aren't supposed to be there. I need you. I need you. I need you. Because nothing, no place no one else will do. Amen. Maybe just sing that song. And as we sing that song, you can let that song be a prayer today. Let that song be a prayer. I want to be dancing with you in heaven someday. I want us to be rejoicing on the streets of gold, whether they're real streets of gold or it's a figure of speech. I don't care because we'll be in his presence. And that's what's really going to be the joy of heaven. Being with him. No more tears, no more sorrow, no more concerns. Just in His presence. And we'll get there as we learn to repent. As we learn to repent to let go of what we need to let go of. And press into Jesus. And it's not about compressing it's not about talking to a priest or a pastor today it's about talking to Jesus it's about letting him have his way I need you I need you you
1: satisfied